0: Thank you. Welcome to another episode of The Coiling Solution, where we look to bring you awareness and actionable insights. You know, if you're a manager or a leader in an organization today, one of the things that you may be stressed by or strained by over the years is the all-too-often common way of thinking about how we drive success in the corporate world. Particularly as a leader, you know, one of the things that shows up sometimes is a command and control style, so to speak. And today I have with me a guest, Dr. Bruno Signaco. Who is an international business consultant, international speaker, and business coach. And for over 20 years, he has advised and trained hundreds of companies on international trade activities and international marketing. He is a university lecturer. He is a senior fellow of the Higher Education Academy. He is also the author of business and personal development books published in different languages. His new book that we'll talk about today, The Art of Compassionate Business, Main Principles for the Human Oriented Enterprise, proves to be one that debunks some of those theories. So, with that, I want to welcome Dr. Bruno Signacho to the show. Dr. Bruno, welcome.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for the invite.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being here, which is uh, such a late evening for you in in London. Thank you.
1: I feel very honored to be here. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, you know, one of the things I always like to do is get people to, uh, to know the guest a little bit. What is one fun fact you can share about yourself that people who know you best may not know about you?
1: Yes. Uh, One fun fact is that uh, I like, for example, uh, some, Movies, movies that are uh, comical movies, and also, even I'm an adult person, I like, in in some cases with my child, I also see cartoons, so this is nice, I bring the child inside me.
0: Ah, gotcha, gotcha, like cartoons, yeah, keep you young.
1: Keep me young, yes, yes, and my child teach me a lot about creativity, playfulness, and these are principles also that I included in my book, so my my son is a source of inspiration for me.
0: So, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I read about your book, um, you know, one, I, I love some of the principles and things you discuss in the book. Uh, the, we're, we're kindred spirits because I totally believe in really investing in people first. But I have to ask, you know, first and foremost, what, what even led you to writing the book? What, what, what got you there?
1: This is, this is a very interesting question. This started many years ago. I read an article in a publication, Harvard Business Review, that was titled The Human Moment at Work. In this article, the author observed that there are a lot of misunderstandings in the work environment, especially because of technology that doesn't allow people to connect on on an emotional and mental level. Technology, in some cases, separates people. So, and this author observed that there should be more human moments at work, moments where employees can connect much more deeply on a mental and emotional level, developing trust and cooperation bonds. This article wasn't a traditional article on business topics, and I was a bit intrigued because I taught at university and also advised company on business topics for a long time, but it was always from the traditional perspective. For example, profit-oriented or looking for more productivity, higher quality levels. But I observed that this is not enough. This is a very limited view of business. Uh, Instead, I, during my research, I observed that there is a new generation of companies that are focusing on what we call the triple bottom line, focusing on profit, which are very important, focusing on people, caring for people, caring for customers, suppliers, employees, community members, but also caring for the planet, caring for the environment. So this is what we call the triple bottom line, and there is a lot of research that uh, backs back up the fact that companies that are more compassionate, that are also more profitable. Yeah. And,
0: you know, the technology that the person talked about, was it some of the the most recent technologies from a social media perspective or, you know, what was the base of the technologies the the person mentioned?
1: the, the, The base of the technology could be any technological device, for example, even emailing. There is a lot of misunderstanding regarding, for example, emails because you cannot show the emotions overtly. And we are emotional beings. I see many workplaces in, a, in many many business environments that people tend to suppress or repress their emotion. But they cannot show themselves as they are. They cannot show themselves fully. They only show the part of their role, the part of their function, the business function or the work function. And this is a very limited view of uh, individuals. We have to understand, and this is very important for the listeners, that business are always built on the human being the building brick of any business activity is the human being. So if we do not care for the human being that is the most important factor in any business activity, all the rest of the factor, for example, these key performance indicators such as profitability, productivity, efficiency cannot be achieved. Why not? Because these indicators are always the natural result of the interaction between a company and its stakeholders. This means customers, suppliers, employee, community members. So when a company focuses on nurturing this relationship with the stakeholders, this means long-term, long-lasting relationship with this stakeholder, mutually profitable relationship with these stakeholders, these key performance indicators such as profitability, productivity, efficiency, tend to be achieved naturally, organically. So this is very important. And technology, in some cases, separate people. In some cases, companies focus on developing a good website, but they don't have any helpline, a telephone number for customers to get in contact with a real person, not with not with an automatic response from the autoresponder, but with a real person where they can convey uh, their, their doubts, they can clarify some points one-to-one. So it's important that companies are based mostly online, they have a platform, that they have also They they bring some access for customers to get in contact with real people because technology can separate people instead of getting them together. So this is very important. Exactly. Technology can be useful, but also we have to remember that technology is developed by people, but also people need to connect to one another on an emotional and mental level. Many specialists call this the need for affinity. We need to belong to groups. We need to connect to people. We need to be validated by people. Our needs need need to be uh, validated and recognized and acknowledged by people. So if our needs are not acknowledged, obviously this relationship cannot prosper. Supposing that A buyer is buying a product from a company and this company doesn't care after selling this product to this buyer, doesn't care what happened after the buying process, doesn't care if the buyer is satisfied or not, doesn't check if this buyer was really satisfied with this product, this relationship is unlikely to prosper. Why? Because in business, the only relationship that matters are the ones that are Win-win and long-lasting, long-term relationship. We don't want to sell a product once. We want to build a strong bond with this customer. We want to build strong bonds with employees, build strong bonds with the community, bring, bring bring about also strong bonds with the suppliers. And when we support each of these stakeholders, according to social psychology, there is a principle, the law of reciprocity. When we treat others in a supportive way, they tend to treat us in the same way, in return, in a reciprocal way. The opposite happens when we treat customer, employees, community members in, a, an, unsupported, in an unsupported way, they tend to withdraw, they tend not to cooperate. In the case of employees, they tend to work by the book. In the case of customers, they switch from our company to other organization. In the case of the community members, if they feel unsupported, they might even boycott the company's product and services. So. Business is about a set of relationship with different stakeholders. All companies are interdependent. This means that no company can thrive by itself. No company can thrive on its own. They need the support from buyers, suppliers, employee, community members. And the only way to get this, this support is to build strong relationships. I would love you to talk
0: through what you believe are the, the key tenets that you
1: Yes, the, the key tenets are, they are very important. are their gratitude, generosity. These are two key tenets that I mention in the book. I call this timeless principle. This can be applied to any company in any time. We can apply now. We can apply in two years' time, 20 years' time. They will always apply. They are perennial, timeless. Why generosity? Because many companies are only focused on getting. Getting more profit, getting more market share, getting more customer getting more sales, and in practice, there should be a balance between getting, obtaining, and giving. So there should be a balance. There is a balance in the universe, and equilibrium. And how the company can give? Well, for example, it doesn't have to be material things. The company can give immaterial things or intangible things. For example, the company can provide employees with uh, support or advice, or in some cases, the manager can give an ear to listen to some employee problems, personal problems, family problems. But also among colleagues, colleagues can help each other. They can provide with support, supposing that there is a new employee that needs some training. Well, a colleague can provide this employee with training or mentoring or helping them the first days when they are starting working. But also customers should be given also Good advice, advice that is suitable for them, not for the company. We should be serving customers. Many companies try to sell product to customers. This is the wrong approach. The the selling mode generally is focus on the company. Instead, when you focus on customers in a generous way, you try to serve them. This means you try to fulfill their needs, meet their expectations, and exceed their expectations. Generosity is good. Why? Because when you are generous with others, you create an imbalance. They feel indebted with you, and they tend to reciprocate. They tend to act alike. They tend to act in a generous way. When you are very calculating and you are not generous, people feel this. When you're focused on on yourself and you're not focusing on others, well, and people tend to withdraw. They they tend not to cooperate.
0: So let me ask you a question, Dr. Bruno. For the folks who are, are watching this or listening to this, uh, who would say, you know, uh, that sounds good, uh, it feels good in my heart, but as a business person, I believe this is going to erode top-line performance. I believe it probably even will further erode bottom-line performance. What would you say to them?
1: I would say that this is backed by research. It's not my opinion. I research a lot on this, and there's some studies that observed that a supportive workplace, a supportive work environment, tend to bring about, this is corroborated by science, supportive work environment tend to bring about higher employee satisfaction, higher customer satisfaction, lower employee turnover, lower employee absenteeism, lower stress levels. All these indicators impact positively on the bottom line. So this means that being compassionate, being supportive, I like to call this being loving, but loving from the wider perspective, not only love that you feel for your friend or your family, but much more humanity perspective, which include compassion, empathy, support. When you're loving in the work environment, when you're loving in the business environment, you bring about positive results from the economic perspective, not only from the relational perspective, but from the economic perspective. This is backed by science. But also there is a very famous phenomenon that is uh, called emotional contagion. That is was mentioned by uh, Daniel Goleman, the author of the book, uh, emotional intelligence emotional contagion implies that when you feel affection for others when you support others emotionally they tend to be infected with your positive emotions and they tend to experience positive emotion and act accordingly and treat you in a similar way this generate a positive environment would make people much more cooperative much more creative when people feel supported they tend to be more creative according to science and so, indeed, more productive, too. And they don't have to be forced to cooperate. They do this spontaneously. And you know that any business activity is a collective effort. So when you allow people to give their best in a spontaneous way and they feel supported and recognized, they're more prone to give more in an unconditional way. So this is supported by science. My clients always tell me, is there a science? And I show all the different studies, and also companies that are thriving that are compassionate, both compassionate and also uh, profitable.
0: One of the things that uh, I read in your book, and I quote, this book challenges the reader to change the way they perform in business situations and become more uh, focused on the human aspects of business activities. The users of this knowledge and those affected by them will undergo a profound transformation in the way they perform business activities. So the question I would ask you, you know, that first part in the way they perform in business situations today, how would you describe for people if they were saying, you know what? Okay, Dr. Bruno, I'm going to believe you are right. I'm going to believe that the data is there. Help them get a view into. I'll call it the behavior that naturally happens when people are not doing these things so they can see themselves, so to speak. Provide okay. that kind of oh. mirror, if you good, will.
1: Good, good. Yes, the, the mirror is very negative. The, the image shown in the mirror is very negative. I will tell you about the traditional way of doing business. First off, traditional way of doing business use a lot of uh, belligerent terms, terms that are related to military discipline. For example, they say strategy, tactics, beating competitors, these are not compassionate terms. They don't use so much words such as empathy, companionship, camaraderie. These words should be used more, but it's a word zone. So if you see a business environment, it will be a word zone because companies try to beat each other. Not good. But also, you see that in business, the most important aspects are quantitative. What is quantitative? What can be measured? What can be counted? For example, market share sales profit can be measured but they don't focus so much on qualitative aspect of business what cannot be measured but is as important as quantitative there is a famous thinker that observed not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that can be counted counts so qualitative aspects such as empathy support care camaraderie loyalty commitment they are very very important. Another aspect of business that is uh, failing is that uh, companies focus on the different aspects of the stakeholder, f- focusing only on a limited aspect, for example, the role. When we're talking about employees, we're talking about managers, subordinates, but we forget about the individual behind this role so, or beyond this role. So and we have to understand that the roles are only a very limited uh, connotation of this person, this individual. The individual has other aspects that are not included in this role, such as emotional aspect, family aspect, social aspect. They, they, all individuals have dreams, expectation. Uh, they have setbacks, they have a positive experience, and we limit only to the, the role. The roles work like a mask. They don't allow to, people to get in contact. All these aspects and being only profit-oriented make some companies act in a non-compassionate way. Some examples are companies that exploit employees, companies that fire employees mercilessly, mm-hmm. companies that deceive customers, manipulate customers, they may then sign contract with fine print and then it's terrible for customers to to fulfill this contract. Companies that pollute the environment, they produce goods that throw waste in the rivers or they pollute the, the the atmosphere, so not good. These are example of non-compassionate companies. And these companies are shown in the media as negative example. However, you have example of company that are very compassionate. Example that I always give are for example, Patagonia is a company that developed closed products. And this company has very important caring approach for employees. This company has child care free for employees in the workplace. So this means that they have a nursery for employees to leave their children. They don't have to worry for them to take care of these children. But also other companies like they are compassionate UPS. UPS is a company that is a career company, and they try to reduce carbon dioxide emission polluting the environment. So they try to be much more environmentally friendly. And this company is also helping employees take up college courses. So this means that they're supporting the education of these employees. And these companies are profitable. So we can see that you can be both profitable and compassionate yeah. and be compassionate, improve the company's image, attract more employees that are talented and also keep the employees that are working efficiently in this company. So, you know,
0: even when you said things like strategy, tactics and beating the competition versus uh, more compassionate language like empathy support, and camaraderie. So I, I, I want to use a very basic example. So, you know, a lot of times we'll have, uh, you know, most of us, right, off-sites for leadership, strategic planning sessions, right? And then we cascade down the tactics and things like that. What would you offer as alternate language to a strategic planning session? What would you call it?
1: Yes, I would call much more qualitative approach because these things that are to be measured are important, but these, they create an imbalance. If you focus only on quantitative aspect. And you don't focus on qualitative aspect. I don't say that they're wrong, but businesses focus excessively on this quantitative aspect. I see. It can be, can, can be important, but there should be a balance between quantitative and qualitative. Uh, and qualitative is generally dismissed. Why? Because it cannot be measured. You can say camaraderie. Will the company measure camaraderie when there is camaraderie in the workplace? Difficult to measure. But it's very important because people have a spirit of camaraderie, companionship they tend to be more productive. So qualitative aspects also impact positively on quantitative aspects. So we don't have to forget the other part because if not, tend to be too biased. I'm, I'm not against the strategy. I'm not against tactics, but also the terms that we use, strategy. Sound like you're going to the war zone. <laughs> and you see that, no, it's, it's true. But the idea is when you go to war zone, one is beaten and one wins. And this is also what I call a scarcity mindset because mm-hmm. There are many cases that you can get prosperous uh, partnership with other companies that before were your competitors and you can do business together. So it's important to to leave aside this terminology. There is no new terminology that is invented yet to replace this. But this terminology that comes from military discipline, strategy, tactics, I feel that is a uh, very very uh, meaningless when you want to build relationship you cannot build relationship based on war but you can build relationship based on empathy support care cooperation so and also we have to focus more on cooperation than on competition I'm not saying that there are not other companies that are selling products that are similar to ours but these companies can be potential partners. This company can be a model to emulate, not to be beaten. And even can be a model to emulate and to improve our own products. So um, the the vision of business is very limited on scarcity mindset and also is very limited on threats. Also, uh, many business uh, companies tend to focus on threatening factor of the environment that are important, for example, the economic condition or other companies entering the market, but they don't focus so much on themselves inside. So outside in, so this means that they're focusing on external aspect, but they dismiss the the enhancement of capabilities, skills, talents Mm -hmm. to develop new products and services.
0: And so, you know, finishing with that quote, right? One of the things you said is, again, they will undergo a profound transformation in the way they perform business activities. Um, You talked about some things at the the company level and the company experience. Are there any things you will point out in terms of the leaders themselves and what they would experience?
1: Yes. In many cases, I I try many leaders. And what I observed that the leaders tend to be close to only and uh, connected to their own uh, very, very small circle. So Mm. close circle and they are not connecting to people, different people working for a company or different stakeholders, I feel that leaders should set the example, should set a good example by being much more open. For example, open to other opinions. Many leaders are very determined and they, they tend to uh, make decisions only based on their ideas, their their opinions, and they don't open the game to other for other people to give their opinions. Mm-hmm. So leaders should be open minded to hear opinion from others, but also leaders should be supportive and human oriented. What I mean by human oriented, well, a leader could be a manager, for example, for working for a company. Yes. Supposing and in these challenging times, many employees have problems with the work time or uh, and they need some flexible hours. If I am the leader in this team and I, I really need this employee, but uh, this employee have difficulties. It will be important to talk to this employee, talk about their personal problems, talk about their family problems, or any issue that have outside work, to see how can we work out this together, looking for win-win solution. This means that the employee will win, the leader will win, and also in some cases the employee might be allowed to work flexible hours. In some cases, it might be allowed to work from home. In some cases, it might work a fewer days. But it's important to understand that we need to support people. For them to support us back. So, leaders should understand that the most important principle here is leaders are leading human Mm beings. So, this means that we lead human beings. Human beings have many types of needs, not only economic needs, like a, a good salary, but they have also emotional needs, for example, being recognized, being supported, being appreciated. And also, they have also needs related to the family, the social environment. So, we have to be much uh, adopting a much wider approach, a much more holistic approach. We need include the whole human being, not only this role, this employee.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the last question I have for you is one of the things you said to me is is some will found, some will find uh, I think difficult to digest. You know that when there is a loving attitude in a company, that the organization will see significant changes. So I think about the words you've used so far, right? Strategy, tactics, beating the competition, moving that to uh, empathy, support, camaraderie. But now to go to loving is several okay. steps further, right? Good, so, good, so, good, good. So, I know
1: that when I, I talk about love and business, many leaders uh, look at me like saying, what are you I talking about? I can see about, that. Bro? I can think of some of the yeah, leaders yeah, I've worked yeah, with yeah, and yeah, you, you yeah, say yeah, loving the the are very, very, very noticeably upset in some cases, in some cases surprise, dazzle. Sure. But I will say that love, we're not talking about love from a very narrow perspective. What is important, yes. love for example, that you feel for your family, your sure. friends, your parent, this is the sentimental aspect of love. Here I'm talking about what the famous uh, psychologist like Maslow or Erich Front observe humanistic love. Mm-hmm. Humanistic love implies uh, compassion Empathy, support, care, generosity, gratitude. And this can apply to business relationship and non-business one. Because relationships are made up of human beings which have need. So when we have a much wider connotation of love, because we are all hardwired to uh, to behave in a loving manner and also to to be loved by others, when we have this much wider approach of business uh, activities which include love but love from the wider perspective uh, people start to relate to one another in a much more meaningful way Mm -hmm. because if not their relationship tend to be mechanical you know what in many business activities what i observe that is one person is only related to other to get some goals achieved so this means that this person will be a means to achieve an end transactional relationship
0: transactional
1: approach and this is not the right approach this person should be the end i want to know this person more i want to help this person i want to serve this person and by doing so i'm not only benefiting this person but this i'm building a relationship and this person is more prone to help me back so you cannot force people into cooperation yeah People will cooperate spontaneously when you help them, when you support them, when you understand them. Uh, Stephen Covey said, first understand, and then you will be uh, understood. Well, this is very important because if you support them, they are more prone to give you back the same the same thing yeah no, that's
0: very good you know it reminds me of an exercise I, I would do sometimes where um, I would ask a person to put themselves in the middle of a of a square so to speak or a rectangle okay. and around themselves to see their manager and their skip level boss up top skip their manager and their skip level manager their mentor their sponsors and to the left to right people they work with inside their department to the right of them people outside of their department and then below them people who are direct reports and so on and so forth into Give themselves a grading on the relationship they have with a people, those people give yourself a red. If it's a purely transactional relationship, meaning you only talk to that person during the course of the day to move the widget down the conveyor belt, give yourself an Amber. If you, you tend to talk maybe at lunch sometimes, right? Give yourself a green. If you know the names of their children, you, uh, you have Ongoing conversations. I use the, 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 the rug rule. You know, the color of the carpet inside their home, et cetera. Right. And people usually do the chart and then it's usually yellowish, reddish. And you go, there's, there's, there's no wrong answer per se, but, but think about the mm-hmm. fact that that means you haven't taken the time to cultivate those relationships and think about what it could mean if you cultivated those relationships and your chart was mostly greenish with a little yellow. Right. You really develop those relationships because a lot of times people are looking for things to help remove barriers and go further. And a lot of times the answers are right around you, but you haven't developed the relationships and you haven't unpacked things. And to me, you see this more most often when you have a facilitator come in and you work with teams and a facilitator may ask a question, just like I asked you, what's a fun fact, right? And the person names things they go around a table and people look at each other and go, I've sat next to you for 10 years. I never knew that about you. And you go, well, we could have known that about each other had we taken the time to actually get to know each other and develop those relationships, right? So I feel that's a lot of what you're talking about.
1: This is very insightful. I like this exercise that you you mentioned. Very important exercise, and I want to add to this: Why people do not relate to a per on a personal level? Why? Because they are always uh, busy. They're always like uh, beset by deadlines, multitasking stressful work environments and they do not have time to relate to know each other on a personal level Mm. so this is so important because remember and i agree with you completely before the person came the human being so you have a human being that is more important than the that the person this employee this role this means that this role is a very limited view of the human being so the human being is, is a holistic view and the only way to cultivate relationship with different human beings in the work environment and in the business environment is to know their needs and to develop agreement that satisfy the needs of both parties. So this means this win-win agreement. So I completely agree. And in some cases, the need could be beyond the business aspect, could be personal needs, could be family needs. So, so important. And and conversation in business are only business oriented. You're you're right. So only business oriented, we talk about goals, we talk about budgeting, we talk about costs, projection, but we don't talk about what happened in your house or what happened during the weekend or how are you doing, how are you coping with these difficult times. We are not interested in the individual. And this is not a humane approach on business. We are dismissing the individual at the expense of business goal so not good not good not good yeah. uh, but uh, i agree completely i like this exercise
0: that's good that's good well this is so good dr bruno uh, thank you so much for taking the time core audience i want to make sure i say it again so you pick up the book uh, it was published last year by rutledge the art of compassionate business main principles for the human oriented enterprise by dr bruno signacho thank you so much again dr bruno for being with us in the core solution audience appreciate you
1: Thank you for your invite. I feel very honored. Thank you.
0: Thank you.